What does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go beyond the scripts. Everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Scripts. I am Will Tuft with Pioneer RX. And, you know, I started here at Pioneer RX like, I don't know, over 10 years ago as an installer. And one of the things that I thought immediately uh, surprised me and I thought was super, super cool about all the pharmacies that I'd go to is the scope of what these independent pharmacies had to handle on a daily basis. So these are clinical professionals. These are business owners. They're doing HR. They're handling building management. I mean, so many different areas of the pharmacy business, independent pharmacy business specifically, um, falls on these couple of people who are, you know, really incredible entrepreneurs. So one of those things that they also have to focus on is marketing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, with us, we have special guest, uh, Nicole McClure. She's from GRX Marketing. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. So um, tell me a little bit about GRX Marketing uh, for anybody who's not familiar and just to, uh, you know, make sure that uh, everyone understands you are actually with a marketing company. Yeah, so um, GRX Marketing, uh, we started about 10 years ago, and um, we only work with independent pharmacies. Uh, we're, we're a full-service marketing company, which means we can do anything and everything to help uh, independent pharmacies with their marketing. So from digital side to um, helping reach out to doctors to something as simple as putting a flyer in your drive through window. So uh, kind of the whole gamut. So about the same time frame, about 10 years ago. That's kind of cool. I didn't realize that. Um, so you uh, have a background before GRX marketing from what was that more of a marketing background or do you come from a pharmacy background? Yeah. So um, I went to school for advertising with a minor in marketing. Um, so I've been doing it for, oh my gosh, now I'm going to date myself <laughs> about 20 <laughs> years, I think. Um and so fortunate enough to always be in the marketing realm. Um, but prior to GRX, I actually worked for uh, Medicat Pharmacies Incorporated, um, which is a franchise company um, that does independent pharmacies. Um, so I did the marketing there for four years, um, working with franchisees across the country uh, with their marketing. So kind of similar to what we do now, and that actually kind of laid the groundwork uh, for me starting GRX Marketing. Um, just, you know, saw working with pharmacies, uh, pharmacists that, as you mentioned, they wear many hats. So they just a lot of times don't have time to focus on marketing. It's one of those things that gets pushed to the back burner. You know, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. And then six months go by and they realize they haven't done any marketing. So um, <laughs> and then they wonder why nobody's coming to their pharmacy. But uh, so that's what that's what we do. Nice. Yeah. So coming from the uh, Medicap world, you know, we uh, we have a lot of Medicap pharmacies that are on Pioneer RX, uh, but that's really a great kind of, I don't know, uh, training ground or, you know, that that's a great microcosm of like the strength of independent pharmacy, uh, you know, with the uh, ability of, you know, working 
with a, a larger group to to find you know, strength outside of being independent, I guess. You know, uh, independents working together. Uh, so it, it's a really interesting uh, kind of, I, I don't know, it seems like kind of a best case scenario if you're going to move into a marketing realm. I, I, I think you'd have a hard time finding a better experience than that. Yeah, it was great. And I mean, just to kind of put a timestamp on it, my first year was when Medicare Part D rolled out. So kind of a, a pretty big milestone in the pharmacy industry. So just, you know, thinking about all that's changed since then is it's been pretty crazy. But um, I think people are always, I tell them that they do pharmacy marketing and they're like, well, how much really is there to do for marketing a pharmacy? Not really realizing all the kind of ins and outs of it. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about changes in, uh, in pharmacy, especially related to marketing, it's insane how like the, uh, the whole pill pack thing has brought like adherence packaging, something that fantastic independent pharmacies have been doing for a long, long time. But all of a sudden through marketing, this service that's been around that independents have offered and specialized in and owned that market, uh, now all of a sudden Amazon has outmarketed to to bring this to the forefront where this is not something new. This is something that independents have been doing forever. So how did independents get outmarketed on that? Um, you know, I, I think it's a couple of factors. One, obviously, is budget. Um, Amazon does have a lot larger pool of money to spend than most independents. But I mean, I think honestly, a lot of it is too is, um, you know, when we talk to pharmacy owners, I think they assume people know that what they offer, you know, especially their current customers. Well, they come in and see me all the time. Of course, they know I offer packaging. Um, you know, not really thinking about that, you know, maybe they're not a candidate for packaging at the time or, um, you know, their needs have changed or, or whatever. And or people just don't pay attention. I mean, think about all the messages that you see throughout the day, either on your phone or um, on the radio when you're driving to work or whatever it is. So we're just constantly inundated. And I think a lot of independents kind of use the one and done approach with marketing. So, you know, it's like, well, I tried to market it, it didn't work. So I'm not going to do it again. When in reality, you've got to hit people over the head with it. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. think about how many ads you see from Amazon, no matter what they're promoting, or, you know, Walgreens, CVS, some of our, you know, chain competitors, is it's a constant reinforcement of that message. And I think that's where sometimes uh, some independents may fall short is it's just a try it one time, if it didn't get the results they were hoping for, they just kind of stopped marketing where, you know, in reality, they could be getting or gaining traction, but they gave up too soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like perpetual inventory. It's not uh, something you do one weekend and then it's done. It's a process that, you know, you you make a concerted effort. You you go through, you do the count, but it's a, a you know, a constant perpetual process of, of making sure that you're having those practices in place, that you're keeping those efforts going. Yeah. And we try to get our, you know, our clients to see marketing as an investment, you know, something that you constantly need to be doing. Um, just like, you know, you're spending money on inventory or, you know, your computer system, you should be spending money on marketing um, all the time. It doesn't always have to be a lot of money. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do kind of grassroots local in your community, but you need to have a constant voice out there 
um, just because, like I mentioned earlier, with people getting inundated with so many messages or, um, you know, you maybe they don't need a pharmacy right now, but if you kind of keep your message out there when they do, you know, you're going to be the first one they think of. So that's kind of one thing that we do is coaching our clients and really try to get them to think as marketing, not as something that's uh, reactive when something happens in their community, but more just a, you know, steady stream investment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely something that's overlooked as far as marketing opportunities. That doesn't mean you have to get a billboard to attract new customers. So much marketing can be done with your existing customers when you have those interactions in the pharmacy, like letting them know, hey, I noticed you're on more than two medications. You know, did you know we offer adherence packaging? This is a great way to, you know, increase your adherence, make things easier. But those one-on-one interactions, do you see that there are, I don't know, major opportunities or have we kind of, it, it seems like we've gotten so used to, you have to ask for counsel at the, at the pharmacy, you have to offer counsel, but has that almost made us look at it as, I don't know, part of the process and not part of an opportunity? I mean, maybe, um, you know, I think in general, some pharmacies and their staff, pharmacists and their staff are just afraid to ask for business, um, you know, so afraid to ask them, you know, hey, would you be interested in our packaging? You know, we, you're taking a lot of medication, so it might be helpful for you. Or, um, you know, we have this new vitamin line. I'd love to tell you about it. Or even just asking people to get a flu shot or something like that. Um, I think that one-on-one interaction is, is such a great opportunity. And a lot of times I think it can get missed. And part of it, I'm sure, is it's just, you know, they're busy. They're wanting to get people out the door. And, um, you know, if they don't have to counsel or, or do a lot of counsel, they're just kind of on to the next thing. So, um, but, yeah, I think that's definitely one area that is is often missed. Yeah. I mean, that that face-to-face interaction, That's uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, vitamins. And that was the first thing that came to mind was uh, – you know, the guys over at Solutions RX have had so much success by, you know, not just a sales pitch, but just saying, hey, did you know? You know, so those opportunities to educate are in pharmacy very, very often opportunities to market. So they're not at all mutually exclusive. Right. I mean, education and telling people about something, you know, is marketing. I mean, marketing has such a broad term to it. I mean, it, it can mean so many different things. So, um, you know, just telling somebody about, yeah, you're like your vitamin line or whatever. Um, it doesn't have to be like a big sales pitch. It can just be more like, Hey, just wanted to let you know this, this is how it could help you, you know, and that is a form of marketing. So, and, you know, to your point with the face-to-face interaction, I mean, that's something that Amazon pharmacy is never going to be able to do. Um, you know, Amazon pharmacy is still out there and still lurking. I think a lot of people have kind of forgot about them because of COVID and that whole craziness. But, you know, I just got an ad the other day about Amazon pharmacy and a discount card and, um, you know, for any prescriptions, not just the pill pack. So, you know, they're, they're still definitely lurking out there and not going away. So those types of things, those face-to-face interactions, you know, are, are something that can separate independence uh, from the competition, especially online. Yeah, for sure. 
And I mean, I, I think your health is something that you're not necessarily looking for the lowest bitter always, yeah. you know, hopefully not. You, I mean. <laughs> you, you don't want like the cheapest tattoo in town. You don't want the cheapest, uh, surgeon, right? Like, you know, a price is definitely always a consideration, but you know, you're not necessarily looking for budget LASIK. <laughs> um, so even, even though there's definitely a stronger marketing machine, you know, if they're, they're really leaning into their strength of, um, you know, price and, uh, shipping, you know, how do you think independent pharmacies can combat that? Is it, you know, a, are the strengths of independent pharmacy, um, being recognized or are independent pharmacies leaning into their value enough? And then B, how do they, how do they convey that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, um, just focusing on their, uh, points of differences, their unique services, um, you know, so that face-to-face interaction, immunizations, um, you know, it's going to be hard for Amazon to administer uh, immunizations, uh, compounding, you know, different, those more specialty type services that you're not going to be able to get from Amazon. Uh, but also, again, just the personal service and, you know, kind of back to, to marketing is um, doing those community type events. You know, even chains don't usually go to those things. So that's something we always recommend that our our clients do. So, you know, participating in a local um, health or walk or, you know, health fair or something like that is going to give you that, again, that face-to-face interaction. And and with people that particularly probably you don't have as a customer. So, you know, maybe they've always been curious about your pharmacy um, but haven't never stepped in for whatever reason, you know, having that interaction uh, can definitely lead to new business. You know, that's, that's one of the things that 2021, uh, specifically, I guess 2020 was its own set of challenges. Uh, 2021 seems like it brought in a specific opportunity, uh, between point of care testing that became more available and then the actual immunization process the one-on-one interactions, the community involvement. I mean, so many of our pharmacies have those tales of, you know, wow, we did, you know, so many immunizations. We spent so much time at, like, we rented out a, a retail spot or we we showed up in a parking lot. We were in a cafeteria. Like, there's so many community touch points with the COVID-19 uh, immunization process how how do they take advantage of that? How do they not let that go away? I mean, I think there's a couple of different things they can do. I mean, one is um, I hope they're telling their local media about all these great things that they're doing, um, you know, either just sending out like a quick press release or reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, we're doing this great community event if you want to come cover it or, you know, my community pharmacy is doing COVID vaccines. If you have any questions that you want to ask, you know, be that healthcare expert in your community. Um, so when they have a story, they reach out to you. Um, you know, free press is usually great press. Um, and it's a great opportunity to also talk about your pharmacy in general. And others are just, you know, you've got hopefully a lot of new faces coming into the pharmacy or coming to your clinic. So doing some sort of follow-up with those people, you know, especially those that are in your area, you know, sending them a quick thank you card or email or something like that, just saying, you know, thanks for 
use in our pharmacy for your COVID vaccine. We'd love to help you with all your other services, you know, or here's some things that we offer. You can even include like a three or $5 off coupon uh, to invite them back into the pharmacy. But, you know, now with COVID and all the craziness, it's, it's definitely given a, a great opportunity um, for independents to capitalize on those, those new people that have been coming in um, and also showcase, you know, everything that they're about. So. Yeah. It's, it's like that organic connection that you can't fake. You, you can't possibly even buy that kind of, you know, I don't want to say marketing, but that relationship, I mean, that's, that's a, you know, it's an organic real thing. Um, but I also feel like at this point, after, you know, not being able to go to a restaurant, not being able to go have retail shopping experiences, I think the idea of getting anything in person, you know, the, the, the mail order process has probably gained a lot of popularity, but, uh, out of necessity, but I think now there's probably some pushback, like, I don't want, I don't want to get anything in the mail. I want to go <laughs> like, I want to see my pharmacist. I want to see, you know, uh, a, a waitress. <laughs> like I, I, I want a real connection. Yeah. Want some human interaction. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think again, you know, to, um, back to mail order and stuff, it's some of that stuff just can't be replaced with that, um, one-on-one interaction, you know, just, I can't personally visualize calling a 1-800 number to ask a question about, you know, if I'm having side effects from a drug or something like that. You know, I want to talk face to face with somebody. Um, So there's so much value in that. And yeah, to your point, I think people have missed that over the last year and are kind of definitely craving that that interaction. So, yeah, I think there's like a lot of opportunity for those things, you know, uh, for technology to supplement, but I don't I don't think it's a replacement. I, I think like telehealth is an amazing opportunity to lighten the burden on local healthcare systems. And then when you do go to your primary physician, you have a more meaningful interaction because you've kind of shifted some of that overload. So I, I don't think that technology and, and healthcare or, you know, quality care or at odds, but I, I think there's definitely places where they, they fit better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I, I feel like in 2020, marketing was like a big shift or communication in general had to change uh, because you didn't have foot traffic. Like you were doing everything in a, in a completely new world. Um, so I don't know how, how have you seen pharmacies adapt to that positively or negatively or, uh, just completely ignore it? (laughs) Uh, all of the above. Um, (laughs) uh, you know, I, I would say for the most part, I think they embraced it pretty well. Um, I mean, it was, is a crazy time for everybody. I mean, I don't know that we can ever kind of pinpoint in our recent history where, the world just kind of stopped for, for everyone. And, you know, in some case, I mean, we all shifted how we interacted with just everything, um, you know, in our personal lives, work lives, things like that. So crazy time in marketing too, for us last spring, cause it was, you know, working with our clients of, you know, our lobbies closed or we're only going to drive through curbside, you know, kind of figuring all that out. Um, but I would say a lot of them shifted to online. So, you know, Social media, I think, became even more important than it was 
prior to this because it became a platform to keep your patients or followers engaged and up to date on what's going on because things were happening so quickly. And then that kind of migrated into we're doing COVID testing. Now we have the COVID vaccines. Um, and that's just information that would be hard to get out otherwise. So, you know, definitely we saw a big push to, to social media uh, websites. You know, if you didn't have an updated website on kind of what was going on, I, I feel like you probably were negatively impacted a little bit and lost in the shuffle uh, because you know, people were searching pharmacies near me with testing or pharmacies with the vaccine or, you know, I mean, we saw a huge spike in that in, in Google searches and, and things like that. So those that didn't take advantage of that and have that information up to date, I think definitely probably were, you know, negatively impacted. On the positive side, you know, a lot of pharmacies, I think, looked for those opportunities for those uh, community connections even though everything was shut down, you know, donating supplies to uh, local hospitals or, you know, taking food to a doctor's office or, or things like that are still great opportunities to show, you know, that community involvement uh, without re being able to really have like a, a big community type event. Um, so I think those that, you know, look for those opportunities as well, um, very positively during that time last year. Yeah, I know that was one of the things that I found myself doing was that there was so much information out there and a lot of it was very sterile, you know, because you do have to be uh, careful if you're the CDC, like of what you say, right? Or, you know, so there, there's a lot of information that's kind of like, okay, this sounds very like, you know, safe, sterile information with not a lot of opinion. And then there's information that not long into the pandemic, it was very political. And so you found it leaning one way or the other. And so I found myself looking to things like, I know Ed Vest had a, a podcast uh, where they were doing updates on, on YouTube. Uh, there's a pharmacist in um, Colorado uh, who I'm a long way from Colorado. But Jen was super active on her Facebook, and she would just kind of go in and say, hey, here's like what we're seeing locally. And it was really cool to have that real connection to like a trusted healthcare uh, member that's kind of giving us their take. And, and I just thought it was a really neat, meaningful, organic connection. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of money to do. It doesn't take a, a huge effort even. It's, it's just a commitment. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's one of the great things about social media, you know, anytime and especially during COVID is, you know, it is essentially free. Um, I mean, you can do ads on Facebook and whatnot, but for that type of communication, there's no charge. And one thing we always encourage our clients to do is do videos, you know, kind of like how you were saying um, with that pharmacist, you know, putting information out there, just doing a quick video of, you know, here's the latest updates, um, with COVID or, you know, here's what's going on with the testing really is impactful and it helps make that personal connection. You know, you kind of feel like, you know, the person when you're seeing them in a video and it doesn't have to be totally scripted. Um, you know, usually off the cuff is, is better. People I think appreciate kind of that more conversational style. If you mess up, it's okay. So we always try to encourage our clients, you know, to do a video. It's, they're very impactful. 
for that personal connection, you know, help explaining some services and things like that. So um, they just have to kind of get over that fear of, <laughs> of yeah. being on videos. But I think once they do it, you know, we've seen it time and time again, once they try it one time and then they're like, oh, this wasn't so bad. So <laughs> they uh, will then do them in the future. But yeah, there, there's a, a balance that's kind of weird how, you know, people consume content now that like a video content or, or like a recording, an interview, if it's polished and, and overproduced, maybe we trust that a little bit less. Like we want that authenticity on like video content and, and opinions and, and maybe even blogs, whereas it needs to be neatly packaged, like your graphics can't be loose right you <laughs> like you but you better have like a, a strong like branding and and like certain elements are super super important that they're done in a polished way uh but then we also want to see that authenticity it's a I, I don't know if that's like an etsy effect or or what's happened there yeah <laughs> i don't yeah i guess i don't really know either um i think <laughs> it's just um i think it comes back to human nature i mean you know, seeing kind of somebody more relaxed and just talking about something they know. Um, I mean, hopefully people watching this are like, oh, this is good because it's all kind of more laid back and stuff. But um, I think they identify with that more than somebody that is just kind of droning on to them. You know, yeah. it's kind of it seems more sterile and it's hard to to make that connection. I mean, to me, it's almost going back to like college days and just listening to a professor like drone on, you know, it doesn't seem it's harder to connect than somebody that's just kind of on your level talking about something. So yeah, no, those are the those are the professors you remember It's the ones that you felt like you had a real connection with. They were a real person. I take a lot of pride in, in appearing unpolished. So <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> a very good one. <laughs> so, um, like, it's it's 2021. We're coming out of the um, pandemic. Like, you know, the the mask rules are lifting. We're kind of going back to normal a little bit. Although, I still want to keep my six foot of personal distance. <laughs> if I can, if I can hang on to that, let's let's keep that. I didn't mind that. Um, <laughs> yes, let me keep my bubble. Um, so like where where do you think a pharmacy right now who is kind of hopefully seeing a bit of normalcy, um, where should they be focusing right now? Um, you know, we, we've seen, I think, a lot of pharmacies take a break from marketing. Um, not recommended, but I think just with everything going on with the vaccine, it was such a crazy time. People just kind of quit marketing. So I think just kind of restarting that by... Um, you know, with summer coming on, you know, you can focus on summer products for OTC or, you know, it's a it's a great time to promote packaging. I know we kind of keep going back to that, but, you know, people are traveling again. So, you know, um, packaging is a great for somebody that just needs a, you know, a pack to take with them or to go to summer camp or or something like that. So promoting those types of services just getting back out there. Um, you know, I know community events are coming back, seeing what's available or, or open in your, your local area of, you know, if there's any particular event going on, or maybe you just host a customer appreciation event at your pharmacy, 
or it's something that's, um, you know, outdoors and you either offer free food or, you know, just have people come by and, and register to win or something like that. But kind of that giving back to the community always does very well. And again, you're creating that, that loyalty, that stickiness with your current customers. Um, so hopefully they won't uh, ever want to leave you. So I think just, you know, simple things like that, just getting, if you haven't been on social media, if you haven't posted to your, your Facebook page in six months, now's the time to, to get back out there. Um, you know, websites, updates, things like that. So, um, just simple things that they can do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, those little things are so important. I, um, I stayed at a, a hotel recently in, in Dallas and, uh, had a really, really cool experience. The manager, like, went out of his way to kind of like hook me up with a, with a really cool room. And, and he told me, he was like, Hey, one caveat though, I need you to go in and leave a, uh, a Google review. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And I was really surprised. It's only been a couple weeks. And one of the pictures that I posted has like 1500 views. And so, you know, that manager was like, that room was probably there anyways, you know? Um, so just by like making that statement, he got a lot of really neat uh, feedback from a customer that I trust that if I go to look for anything in town, if I look for a restaurant, like I'm not looking at the the restaurant's description so much as I'm looking at feedback from other customers. And yeah, so there's a lot of value there. How do you how do you really well do what that uh hotel manager did and and make sure you're getting that feedback? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> with the COVID vaccines, we tried to encourage them all to, you know, either put a poster up that says go review us on Google if you had a great experience. You can also just hand out bag stuffers um in your pharmacy with a, a QR code to your Google page your Facebook page, um, you know, or, or ask people to review you on social media, uh, just posting something to your page. Because it is, you're right, people absolutely do that. Um, people use Facebook uh, and Google, obviously, as search tools. They're doing their homework before they even set foot in a business. Uh, so, you know, if, if somebody goes to those pages for a pharmacy and they see that there's no interaction, you know, maybe you haven't got a review in a couple of years. Um, they're going to kind of question, you know, well, how busy or how current is this pharmacy? Um, so it it may make them pause of, of using your pharmacy. And especially if you've got a lot of other competitors in town, they may look to see, you know, well, what are some of the other pharmacies doing? So um, getting reviews is definitely important. We try to um, kind of do a push each quarter with our clients, you know, ask people to, to review you on um, Facebook and Google are great. Uh, Yelp in some areas are, are popular, kind of depends on where you're at in the country. But, um, you know, just asking customers, you know, again, I think sometimes we're afraid to ask for that business. So just, you yeah. know, saying, hey, did you love your service today? If you don't mind taking a couple minutes and doing a quick review on our Facebook page, that would be great. So, um, that kind of stuff definitely goes a long way in the overall marketing of the pharmacy. Yeah. So have you, um, have you seen any pharmacies recently that have really kind of leaned into their, I don't know, what makes them special? Um, I, I think, you know, when you think about marketing that is memorable or, or works for independence, you know, it's, 
you you can think of pharmacies that have a brand that is kind of bigger than you would expect, uh, you know, an independent pharmacy to be. They they've kind of become something greater than the sum of its parts. Um, you know, you can look at Co Bigelow, for example. They they have this you know beautiful store and they have some great uh, products, but it, their products go far outside their walls, and and they have you know a really neat brand experience that goes with them. You know, but other pharmacies can do that. I feel like no matter what size you are, there's something you're doing that's special. You know how how do you identify that? How do you how do you go in and say, you know what, this is really what we do that's special. And this is, this is something we should promote. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, kind of looking at your your services and looking at your competitors in the market and seeing, you know, what, what do I do different? To your point, I mean, everybody has that uniqueness, um, even if it's just, you know, maybe you don't offer a ton of extra services, but maybe you do free delivery or, or something like that, or, um, you know, put a time on how soon people get their refills or there has to be something. So I think just reinforcing that message, um, I think once or sometimes pharmacies, they want to tell everybody everything that they offer. You know, we do these 20 different things and it can be too much for some people, you know, so just focusing on kind of those one or two messages of this is what we're about, you know, or we compound or, you know, we're starting to see that shift more into like the clinical type services or um, the more cash type services of weight loss programs and, you know, high end vitamin supplements, things like that. So, you know, those types of pharmacies are really embracing like this is what we do. You know, we still fill prescriptions, but this is our kind of our, our calling um, and really just that's your message all the time. And I know it's it's hard for a lot of people because they're like, well, we also do these 10 other things. I want to talk about that. But, you know, to really get it to resonate with people, you know, you have to kind of stay consistent in that messaging and the branding, you know. So if you come up with a, a unique logo for that surface or something like that or a unique name, you know, using that everywhere. Um, you think about like McDonald's. They always have the golden arches. They're always yellow. You know, they've always got their same tagline, things like that. So people, it's ingrained in your brain um, of what their their logo looks like and, and things like that, because it's it's always there. You know, they may promote different things, but they always come back to the consistency of the messaging and the branding. So I think just, just sticking to those one or two things um, can really help define you and your market on those services. One of the things that I've seen recently is, you know, a few pharmacies uh, that I can think of have focused on their packaging because, um, you know, in a great example, I think I've talked about that on here before is like the FabFitFun boxes. You know, if it's worth ordering one, uh, if you haven't, just to kind of analyze their delivery and packaging because, you know, it's like a custom printed box and it has like gift paper in it. They, they do a really, really good job that the box itself is part of the unpackaging. Is, is, it's part of the experience, not just like the random assortment of stuff that shows up. Um, you know, so it, it's it's neat because it kind of builds value like outside of the medicine in the bottle or the, you know, like you said, weight loss 
products, whatever products are in there are, it just seems like they're a little more special, you know, have you, so have you seen a lot of that? Uh, some, I mean, I don't think it as much as, as there could be, um, because I mean, to your point that that's made an impression with you, right? So it's, it's kind of made you want to use that product again. Um, you know, we see the, the customized like outside box with the, with the packaging, if they're doing like the strip pack or, or whatnot, but, um, kind of taking it to that next level of the whole experience, um, doesn't happen, I, I think as much as it could, um, and that's definitely an area for pharmacies to grow in, I think. Yeah, it's one of those – I think it's one of those like generational things. Like if you grew up with iPhones, you have like a certain experience with, you know, unpackaging products. Yeah. It, it's weird. I, like I see my daughter watching YouTube of like kids opening toys. I'm like, what do you – <laughs> those those people make a ton of money with the yeah. unpackaging videos. It's crazy. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy time. So um, when you're when you're looking at marketing, there's obviously like a difference in who's on what platforms on different age demographics. How much how much of that do you weigh in on like your you know how you consider marketing? Um, are you, are you targeting specific demographics with specific mediums? You know, where where do you see opportunities there? Yeah, I mean, we definitely um, take a more customized approach. So when we sign up a client, we do have an intro call with them and, you know, learn about their market. We are doing that research prior to that call as well to really kind of see what their demographics are in the area. And we definitely tailor our recommendations to, you know, their market. So for example, if they're in a younger family area, definitely recommend starting like a free kids vitamin club or, you know, making sure that they're promoting online refills, you know, those types of things that that younger people tend to to migrate to um, the, the vitamins and supplements, those types of things that, you know, maybe if they're not on a lot of prescriptions, there's still an opportunity to, to come into the pharmacy. So, um and I think you really have to tailor your marketing um, to really kind of hit those targeted groups. I mean, in general, I would say with pharmacy, um, women age, age 40 plus are, are kind of our, our target demo. Um, but to really, I think, be effective, you need to kind of hone in on, you know, what's what's my local market looking for? If you're only relying on that older demographic and never doing anything to get new patients, younger patients in the door, it's like, where's the longevity of your business? So right. that's, you know, that's where it's getting those younger people in or, you know, finding those, that target market, you know, maybe you do compounding. So trying to look for women um, that would benefit from HRT or, you know, veterinarians, people with pets, things like that. So I think you're going to have a much better um, successful campaign if you try to find those targeted groups rather than just trying to hit everybody. Um, because the, the message is going to get lost with it when it's just kind of blanket approach. Sure. Sure. What about, um, what about on like different age brackets specifically on like social media? I read an article the other day that, um, I thought was kind of interesting how like a lot of times boomers, uh, might be discounted in like the online arena because, uh, you know, traditionally there are certain age brackets that aren't as active. 
But I think if you look like the average age on Facebook is probably much older now than it was a couple years ago. Like my son, I, if I send him a message on Facebook, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't use that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have an 18, I have an 18 year old and he's not even on Facebook. So, you know, I think that younger demographic is gone off Facebook for the most part. And I think it is that older demo that is using it now. Um, cause they've adapted, you know, adapted it. It's not a, a scary thing anymore. And plus they get on there, you know, to see their grandkid photos and you know, all of that. So I think that's where Facebook is, is so good for community pharmacies. Um, you know, you, you are hitting that older demographic. Um, the younger ones have, have moved on to other platforms. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I find myself, uh, kind of fighting that I'm like, Oh gosh, it, it finally happened. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm in, I'm in the, uh, I'm not cool anymore. Evidently. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> You're still on Facebook, or you're not on Facebook? Oh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still there. I, I would still have my, uh, my MySpace if I could, man. I'd, I'd gotten really good at HTML stuff, and then now it's all just, you know, useless, uh, useless skill that I can't, I can't show off anymore on, uh, on social media. <laughs> maybe some other new platform will come around that you can, uh, right? Show it maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So um, we're just about out of time here. So what would you recommend, again, if you are a pharmacy that um, has just decided, hey, look, we're, we're going back to normal, um, you know, what should we be doing differently next year? Like what, what should we be focusing on moving forward um, if we're not doing anything right now? I would just, you know, my advice would be to pick a unique service that your uh, competitors don't offer and start there. And, um, you know, look where you marketed in the past and what was successful. So if you did social media, um, you know, good old fashioned direct mail, reaching out to doctors, kind of whatever your success points were, go back to those and, you know, just starting starting over. And another thing you could do is a customer survey, just a, a quick poll of, hey, what would you guys like to see in our store? Uh, what would you like to know more about? You know, things like that. So the benefits of the survey are, are twofold is you you learn about what your customers are really wanting and that can kind of help shape your, your plan going forward. But also then your customers uh, appreciate you asking them, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so that they're like, oh, they must really care what I think if they're going to take the time to ask me. Uh, one caveat, caveat with surveys is, you know, you need to take action on that feedback. So if, you know, you get a huge response for adding vitamins or something and then you don't do it, customers are going to note, you know, notice <laughs> right. that. So make sure that you actually implement changes that uh, people give you feedback for. But um, I think those are some great things to, to do to get started. You mentioned traditional mail outs. Um are traditional mail-outs, that's a, that's a tangible piece of paper. You could make the argument that it's old-fashioned, it's outdated, but then it's also, hey, cool, something real and tangible that I can hold. You know, like actually I have a, a, a Post-it board, like a, a cork board in my office, and I have a postcard from a restaurant in Chicago that I went to that it was just like I got it off the counter, you know, 
but it was a, a cool thing that they did. I think that's kind of coming back around to have that cool, tangible, like, especially if it's, you know, well done uh, artistically. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we are, we are definitely seeing a rise in uh, doing direct mail and, and the success of it. And I think because, I mean, think about how many emails you have in your, your inbox right now, right? I mean, you just get kind of inundated from different people, companies. And so it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. Email still definitely has its place, but you know, I love getting mail. Like I get excited when I'm like, Oh, I got, you know, so maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think if it's like you said, if it's done right and, um, something that impacts people, it's definitely going to have a positive result. I would say we've also kind of on the, the prescriber side, you know, we do kits that we'll mail to doctor's offices for our clients. Mm. And during during COVID, we, we seen even better results with those than normal because, you know, a lot of doctor's offices were closed, you know, maybe not seeing as many patients or not letting as many people in. So a way to still get to those prescribers were through mail. And, you know, we always encourage um, pharmacies to do something different, not just a number 10 envelope that is going to get lost with everything else they receive, but either an oversight postcard or a large nine by 10 envelope that maybe has some different pieces about your pharmacy in there. That's going to stand out among the other things. So um, definitely don't count out good old fashioned mail as part of your overall marketing strategy. Awesome. All right. Looks like we're about out of time. So uh, I'll see you on the road, hopefully this summer trade show season's coming back up. So hopefully we'll cross paths this summer. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. It's great talking to you. So if somebody uh, is looking for a great marketing partner, uh, where should they go to get in touch with GRX? Then go to our website, which is grxmarketing.com. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Nicole. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts, presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform.